magic, murder, problematic, misogynistic undertones. Join us as we delve into one of Britain's best-loved TV shows. So grab your duffel coat, don your curly wig, and dig up that 90s character actor as we welcome you to Podcast Macabre, the Jonathan Creek Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Podcast Macabre. Hello guys, how are we doing this week? They can't hear you. Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> they can hear you, but we can't hear them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we are back uh, once again. Uh, with the Renegade with, Master. With the Renegade Master. With a, another episode of Podcast of Macabre. We are at the start of season four. Uh, exciting yeah it almost feels like uh, like we've like four that's like we've done four seasons like we've accomplished something well we've not we've done three we've, oh we've done three but yeah. we're on four but you yeah. see what i mean it feels like we're achieving something i mean no. it's not important no uh, what we're doing but. no um so yeah <laughs> we're, we're there yeah um and uh we are uh, 2003 now um so yeah so it's a kind of 18 months or so i think two mm-hmm. years on from uh uh, obviously the departure of Maddie, I think about a year on from the special that we did last week. Yeah. Um and uh we open the episode on an upside down camera. I mean it's very yeah, we this episode is called the Coonskin Cat. Yes. Um for those of you who haven't been watching along with us. And it is a very odd opening. And we kind of like it's kind of explained, yeah. but not in a very satisfactorily <laughs> way. No. No. So first before um it is sort of explained i wrote down that i said is this because it's in order to make it look like it's not jonathan creek so to make it really clear that what we're watching is a program within jonathan creek right so they've deliberately tried to make the editing and camera work look very different um but i don't think the editing and camera work apart from the shit camera is that consistent no no it's of jonathan quick like no and also other than like the three times that they use dutch angles it's completely the same filming as jonathan creek so i was like it doesn't it's not doing Mm. that because it still feels like this is a cold open of jonathan creek yeah um but uh and it's and it's uh yeah basically following uh this woman in a car um driving and she is being followed by someone in another car and she's getting more and more scared about it and uh eventually sort of drives her sort of kind of off off the road and she stops and this guy gets out the car and she's really worried and he's like no didn't you see me didn't you see me trying to pull you over she nearly kills him with a screwdriver he gets her out the car and there's a body uh of another woman uh that's been uh, tied to this woman's car yeah so actually he wasn't the threat he was trying to say pull over you've got a, you're dragging a person along yeah the um, road and then it kind of pans out and we realize that this is like you say a program within a program yeah so so it then cut yeah so this cuts to adrian edmondson in uh a sort of editing mixing booth. editing booth, yeah. um looking at what's meant to be the rushes but it's also confusing because it has uh at the beginning you hear uh carla Barreco, julia swallow's narration so yeah. i was like well, this, she would have only have narrated this after it had been edited you don't yeah. you don't you don't do a bit narrate a bit do another bit narrate a bit and because he's he's saying like no get get that get that well he doesn't call it a dutch angle he calls it a dutch d- open d- uh, dutch oh, a dutch turn dutch turn a dutch, or something. it's something weird, weird but i've something always that's never been i've there. always known it as a dutch angle but um 
uh yeah anyway he's, he calls it a dutch hat i don't know um and uh dutch oven is yeah he's like he's saying like oh you know like talk about re-editing it i'm like well well, you're going to have to redo all that narration that Carl's yeah. apparently done that yeah. we've heard over the top of it. It's but, odd, but, but he, fine. we learn that he's the producer of this kind of crime watch kind of show. Um, it's yeah. very much like crime, crime, crime watch, isn't it? Um, and, and and Carla Borrego is the presenter of it. Yes. Which yeah. is, to us, remember, a bit shocking. Because we're like, oh, well, we, you know, before she was a theatrical agent. Yeah. And we presume that at some point we're going to find out about that. Um, but it's... It's interesting because it's like Crime Watch. Yeah. But but they keep making references to how it's tabloid and kind of uh, you know bad new bad journalism and sensationalist. Yeah. And I said to you, didn't I? I said, oh, I bet there's going to be a Channel Four reference, and there wasn't. No. I'm like, well, why? What is it then? Because this program only exists on the BBC. Like, yeah. Especially at this time. I, I believe it is meant to be a BBC show because I'm pretty sure, if I remember, there's an episode in this series where Michael Grade's in it playing himself. Oh, yeah. And he pops into Adrian Edmondson's office. It's like, sorry, can I have a word in a minute? So it and is really weird. So it is meant to be the BBC. I think it's meant to be a BBC show, yeah. Right. It's also confusing because, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it later on, but when they're filming a bit of this show, they don't seem to be using actors they seem to be using the actual people that yeah. are involved in the crime. That's not how lots that works. To, lots to talk but, about there. Yeah, um, definitely. So yeah, so it goes to this uh, Carl Bregg. Obviously, last time we met her, she was a magician's agent who yeah. is now a television presenter, um, which is explained later on by Adrian Emerson going, oh, I know you can never believe six months ago this woman was an agent. Now she's a TV presenter. I, Okay. Right, so you're not going to explain. You're just going to comment that it's that's just, an odd career trajectory and not explain how that's happened. You're going to comment point. on the fact that it's weird, yeah, but not weird enough for you to go as a writer. Oh, maybe, maybe that's not. Believable. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like he just wanted that to be. Uh, maybe they didn't know that Julia Sawala was coming back and it was going to be a new character or something. And then, and then she was, and they were like, "Oh, we'll just make it Carla Borrego who does all that and change the names and." Like that that Maybe. makes more sense than David <laughs> Rennick going, oh, I know, this this is how this career trajectory is going to go. Um, so, yeah, so it goes to Carl Brego presenting this crime uh, show after we've seen this this opening package from it. Um, but, and she she explains that this this murder that we've seen happen yeah. was the second of, of two murders that have taken place in the space of a few short days. Uh, and that uh, someone's been... Uh, and, and that um, a silhouette's been spotted at these murders... And and that it's a man in a coonskin cap, and they show the silhouette, and it's clearly a woman with a ponytail. Uh, it, it, so it doesn't it, it well, doesn't it, look like someone wearing a coonskin. That's cap the important at thing, all. Is that it? It definitely. I don't know if I at the all. first time I saw this as a kid, whether I would have been what twelve, um, that I would have noticed that it was. I can't remember whether I knew it was a woman in a hat straight away, but I knew it definitely wasn't. A Davy Crockett Coonskin. Yeah, no, I, I think I immediately went, that's the silhouette of someone with their hair in a ponytail. Because that's what it looks like. Because yeah. that's what it is. Because that's what it is. In in that silhouette. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what it is. That's what it looks like. It's absolutely... And I said to you, I said, the, uh, as we are watching it, because I, I remembered this episode, and I said, the biggest problem with this episode is that it's predicated on this reveal being based on all the audience that are watching it thinking that their first thought when they see that silhouette would be that someone wearing a David Crocker hat. Yeah. And I cannot believe there is anyone in the world that would look at that and, and initially think that that's someone wearing a David that's Crocker hat. That's based on a kind of 
semi can't quite fictionalize now like legendified <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, character from the siege of the alamo uh, yeah like, especially in this weird thing this for country. an english person to think yeah. of yeah yeah like, i didn't really know about davy crockett and the alamo I think probably maybe if I asked my parents about yeah. this episode of Jonathan Creek. Yeah. Other than that, it wasn't until I went to America and studied that. I mean, my only note for this bit, I just wrote, I mean, for God's sake. And I know exactly that that's what I'm referring to because yeah. it is, I've got nothing else to say. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's not stupid. It's so stupid. And also the whole kind of thing's a bit weird. Like just you commented on the fact that, you know, this is crime watch opening. There are weird kind of semi-Dutch angles and upside down yeah. camera, but they're using actors and that's why I know it's like a crime watch kind of remake yeah. thing. And here they, they're using actors, but the next time they film something, they're yeah. not. So, but, so I was going to say, like, it's important to note that here it yeah. does feel like a crime watch show that yeah. exists. Later on, this same show takes a very different shape, and we definitely have to talk about that. Yeah, um, but it's I'm, I'm just so confused by how, because it's it, right the beginning he. You've got Adrian Edmondson, who's obviously the producer or the director or whatever of this he's show. A producer. He's clearly he's the, the producer, producer of the show. but he's also directing it because he's talking to them in, about editing the Yeah, but that meetings. would be, I think producers, TV producers do, you know, yeah. have, have final say in all those things. So. But um, he's saying, oh, oh, we can't use that because the actress playing the corpse is blinking. But he seems to be saying this uh, as it's airing because it, it cuts like it, to Carla talking about it. So I'm like, but... What, what, are you are you editing this live as yeah. you go? Like what's what is and this? And then he happening? walks out of the room, yeah. and then we cut to to Carla Borrego interviewing the policeman. Yeah, and that's where we meet Superintendent. What's his name? Oh, uh, Parnovic. Ted Parnovic. <laughs> superintendent. Superintendent. Yeah. Uh, Parnovic. Yeah, he, he's he's a superintendent, but also sometimes he's an inspector. Which yeah. are definitely two different things, but fine. I, um, maybe he's, he's referred to as inspector. I think about three times in this, and that's. It's a different job, but fine. Um, he's a high up, high ranking policeman with a moustache. Very high ranking policeman. A very high ranking policeman who's managed to get to that position of power despite having the views of a fascist in the 1940s. It's really weird, isn't it? Yeah, he uh, talks about the fact that uh, he refers to it as social cleansing. I mean, he, being a good thing, and he's talking about bringing back uh, capital, capital punishment, punishment, which is really great to know that a superintendent so believes that she's people. saying you know these crimes are awful you know what we're gonna do it's the second murder yeah. in as many weeks we what think... do you think we can do i've got one word the noose brilliant right and, okay. and i know social cleansing's unpopular these days but you know all this slap on the hand hasn't done much for for crime rates and I'm, well one actually at this point crime rates are falling yeah. In, yeah. in the uk yeah um but but yeah, you're obviously an abhorrent guy who believes in in murdering people and uh, uh, in exchange for in some kind of carriage of justice. So we know we don't like him from the off. Luckily, it's not the worst thing he says in this episode. No, no, it isn't. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a bit odd. And then yeah, um, the next bit I've got is after they kind of wrap that episode. Yeah. Um, we 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 meet how how kind of. We go to we go to follow Jonathan, right? Yeah, we go to follow Jonathan. Jonathan is in, I think, a Chinese restaurant, and it's the weirdest layout. It's like about seven different floors, and they're all really tiny, and they all kind of go off. It looks like I... a Chinese restaurant, but it can't be because they're not eating Chinese <laughs> yeah, food. Yeah, but it looks yeah. like a Soho Chinese be restaurant because there's there's 
pictures with Chinese characters on the walls. Yeah, and, and, and they go down and he goes <laughs> down in, into this. Very Italian face. And you can hear the, the music. <laughs> I've not the, even thought of it's that. It's really weird. <laughs> and there's like weird music. In yeah. That's, I don't know if it's what music it is. Yeah. But um, I can't remember. But it's really loud in the restaurant, the music. Yeah. It's so loud that you can't hear what the barman says to Jonathan, but he points him downstairs. I'm like, yeah. why can't you hear what he's <laughs> said? Because we're right behind Jonathan in yeah. the in the world of the yeah. So it, weird. And then they, I think maybe they just didn't want to credit the actors. Got, <laughs> there's a lot of weird sound mixing in this. Yeah. Um, and so he goes down and he finds Adam Klaus having yeah. dinner with this lady. Yeah. Adam Klaus is wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Adam Klaus and the lady are sat next to each other instead of opposite each other, which is purely. <laughs> purely for the logistics, logistics of filming it. And I was yeah. like, guys, come on. Yeah, I don't know why they're not sitting opposite each other. Yeah. But it well, he... no, I didn't. They're not sitting opposite each other because Jonathan needs yeah. to stand there for the logistics the... of the filming of the episode. <laughs> it's bad theatre blocking. So it turns out Jonathan's been looking for Adam and says, yeah. come on, Adam, I thought you were at the Ivy. Yeah. And he goes, no, um, they, they were full up. And he went, I've just been there. They said it's a really slow night. Yeah, okay, yeah. So so when he said that, when he went, I don't know if it was, I was like, oh, I thought you were going to say something else because that's the truth, but you were going to lie because you don't, you want to save face, surely. Like, that, like, I was like, oh, yeah, that is probably the case. You, you're you probably not big enough to get a table at the Ivy if they're busy. But then he puts he's out on another. So I was like, well, what's that covering? Because you, you don't want to go there and be seen with this. So I woman, think it's right, that he doesn't want to spend, spend money, the money on, on yeah. this woman. Yeah. And so the so just to be clear, and also the ladies this... won a raffle, uh, yeah. a charity raffle, where the second first prize was a washing machine. Yeah. The second prize was dinner with Adam Klaus. So he's taking yeah. her out as part of his, you know, honouring that charity. Again, again, what's his level of fame? He's second prize to uh, a, washing a, a washing machine or a tumble dryer, I think specifically. It right. Was. <laughs> um, and uh, but yet. In a bit, he talks about how he introduces this woman later on in the evening to Brian Ferry. So yeah. I'm like, right, so he's fr friends with Brian Ferry. You do a live televised magic show from a huge theatre that is the Rose, but isn't the Rose in Kingston. Uh, but your, your second prize in some competition where the first prize was a tumble dryer, which is, again, obviously, we're being pedantic. We know that's for the purposes of the gag, is that it's funny that he's second prize tumble dryer, but also... It's not a sitcom. It's not a sitcom where things like that don't m matter as much. It's a it's a one hour dramedy. So it's, like yeah, like let's not just put lines in because they're silly. Like because also there has to be a, tr a truth and a a sense. Yeah, there's no there's no real sense of what it is. My my assumption was that he didn't want to take her to the Ivy because he didn't want to spend the money. So he just said, "Oh, I'm taking you to this restaurant," and then. Uh, Jonathan, who is friendly enough with the Ivy to have a conversation with them, and then and they and then tell him that Adam's got. So obviously they're regulars at the Ivy, <laughs> um, and uh, and then and then Jonathan's kind of blown Adam's lie. Also, that, also that he didn't want to. Two thousand and three. This is this is. But you know, why are good, the Ivy having a, a good, slow night as well? That's yeah, a worry. This is what I'm getting to. It's a good decade before uh, the franchising. So there were two. For those of you who don't know, there were two guys that owned the Ivy. Uh, uh, one of them always wanted to push for franchising it out. The other one refused because he wanted to keep the Ivy, uh, keep its exclusivity. Yeah. And, and the fact, again, for those of you who don't know, that Ivy is like the the theatre and film and TV world's, you know, big place to go. And yeah. It's where all the hoi polloi go. Um, and uh, sadly, he, 
one of them died uh, a few years ago and then the other one maintained all control and that's when you started seeing all these other IVs pop up pop up and now big they're all over the country um, and they're franchised and, and there's an IV bar and grill chain yeah it's lost a little bit but of that, that at magic. that time yeah but this the most exclusive restaurant in London exclusive restaurant land. in London why are you having a slow night and why are you telling a magician's assistant about like yeah it, Nonsense. Very odd, but she says, "Oh, we're having a great night," and she's eating this lobster and, and eating quite, you know, messily, and and uh, her character is meant to be kind of grotesque. Um, and Adam is not having a good time. Then he says, "Come on, Jonathan, why don't you join us? Um, we're going to Stringfellows later." And she says, "Stringfellows, can we?" I'm like, yeah. Why is this lady so clean on going to a strip joint, like a seedy strip joint? I know Stringfellow's, you know, he'd often invite celebrities along there and Peter Stringfellow, you know, is big on publicity and all that. But it, it's still just, it's a Soho strip bar. It's like, it's it's not a good place to go. It's yeah. a strip joint. Yeah. It's a strip joint. Why does a lady who's won a raffle to go, why is it glamorous to go there? It, it's not, know. it never was. No. Like, no. It, if you thought it was glamorous to go there, you you were a twat, even yeah. in 2002 or whatever yeah. this was. Yeah. So, yeah, so I quite, found that quite confusing that she wants to go there. I understand yeah. why he wants to go there because he's Adam Klaus. Yeah. But she wants to go there. Um, I also thought it was a bit weird that David Rennex <laughs> alluding to the fact that Brian Ferry was going to Stringfellows in 2000. I wonder how Brian Ferry would feel yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. It was before um, he did his Bob Dylan album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah he, he, I don't understand as well why this meeting's taking place because. Right. Because Adam needs him to approve some artwork um, for the set. I'm sorry, Jonathan, Jonathan needs, needs Adam, Adam to, to appro yeah. approve some artwork for the set for the show because, of course, they're changing. They're changing things, changing things yeah. all the time. Every day they change Every things about that show. What? It's a long. Run. That's not what happens. <laughs> oh God. Uh, and uh, I was like, I was like, sure. Because he says, "Oh, don't, I'll, I'll, uh, don't, don't stay out too late. I know what you're like. I'll see you in the morning." And I said, "You know, I was like, well, surely they could have just had that conversation in the morning." We see the next morning, and the artwork that Jonathan showed is is now being it's huge backdrop being put up. So I was like, "Oh no, they must have had to have that conversation yeah. last night." But I don't know when this was made, uh, printed, shipped to the theatre, and rigged in the space of overnight. But it does explain something else that happens later when we get to it. Um, it well, it goes back to a way to explain it. If it was that rushed, and that's the level of organisation yeah. in this fictional world, yeah. maybe that's why. But yeah, completely bizarre that this needs to be done in person. Yeah. Everyone's got a mobile phone. Like, why does Jonathan Creek have a mobile phone in about three episodes of, episode, of season two yeah. and then not have a mobile phone have, yeah. for the rest of season three or the first episode of season four? Like, it there's no consistency about, but maybe, maybe again, maybe I don't know. If you, if you had a mobile phone and you were a mid thirties, you know, yeah. magical theatre professional, were you still getting used to the idea of a mobile phone? Maybe yeah. you were. Maybe you weren't using yeah. it that much. But I find it odd that no one seems to actually take advantage of these technological advances. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. So then, so then we go to uh, this Crime Stoppers show show being shot uh, but but they've got a real policewoman that's that's doing a recreation of the woman that was killed in the in the beginning yeah. bit to try and work out which is really odd so i don't know yeah. why they're using actors in the first thing uh, yeah i don't and then i don't uh, i mean also like they always use actors just in case crime watch yeah they always use actors for two reasons one it makes sense yeah two 
they, in the old days, there used to be real strong union laws about who could be given direction on camera and who could be told what to do yeah. and who could. So, so you, that's why you didn't really have reality TV until until kind of starting to get to this time. Maybe it's a comment on unionisation. I don't know. Maybe yeah. There is another link to it later on with Adrian Edmondson's quoted about having a go at the unions as a producer. <laughs> Which would be yeah. odd if you worked for the BBC, but yeah. depressingly, perhaps possible. But yeah, that, that, like my, my dad actually was on Crime Watch and played uh, someone in a remake, which mm -hmm. led to years of bullying at school for me. <laughs> um, he, you know, as an actor, this was a good gig for actors. You'd yeah. always get, maybe you'd get a Crime Watch, and it would pay you, you know, rent for that month. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why now they're using a policewoman. Who, who they're dressing up in costume <laughs> as the lady who was murdered yeah. to then retrace the steps. And and Adrian Edmondson, who is the producer of the show and possibly the director of the show, yeah. is also on set making comments about how the how this shoot's going to go. Yeah. And while he's having that conversation, she just walks, starts filming, start doing it. Yeah, like, yeah. If you're in yeah. charge of this, why is no one listening to you? Yeah. It's 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 very strange that people that are literally making a show, i.e. Jonathan Creek, seem to have no knowledge of how a television show is made. Yeah, it, it explains a lot. <laughs> I just think it explains a lot. Hey, come on, do you, you want to work in TV, mate? Yeah, oh it's God. all right. Oh my God, you're right. This is this is like a window into how the BBC how, was run. how Jonathan Creek is made because, as you quite rightly say, Adrian. I'm, they are. They're yeah. doing stuff as it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing what we've always said Jonathan Creek is, is made. On the hoof. That's how in... this crime show is being made. Each episode's written, filmed Each in real filmed time. in real time. Actually, it... like, it should get a lot more credit for that. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, 25 years of casualty, they do a live episode. Yeah. Oh, the whole world comes out and watches it. <laughs> Jonathan Creek were doing it every, every week. On and off for 20 years. Corey, live episode. Oh, this is... The, uh, now we should yeah. start a campaign to raise awareness for this. We should. We should. Um, Let me so cut yeah. back to your favourite bit where so, Jonathan's in oh, the bloody. Just, just. To, I mean, not gloss over the important plot point of this. Of this. Uh, the what point? <laughs> so, what? so what? So this police woman is doing a reenactment. Uh, and she's walking past this warehouse. Yeah, and that's really important. Sorry. And <laughs> and, uh, and uh, even though it's a reenactment, she ends up nearly being killed there's gunfire yeah two um, shots are fired two shots are fired yeah um very like nowhere near her but no. kind of yeah it happens and she yeah. goes to ground she go yeah and um and our superintendent's there yeah who seems to be running the reconstruction <laughs> maybe it's run by the police but the crime watch people are there it's it's i, I don't agreed understand to I, I don't understand what it is but he runs over and says are you okay yeah. and he seems to take charge and yeah. He says, oh, Nick, you grab that. You look over there. And Harry, you look over there. Oh, yeah. I'm glad they're all friendly enough to call each other by their first names. <laughs> also means that those two policemen had named characters, which ups yeah. their fee ups for that day, yeah. which is great. Um, yeah. We're a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they they kind of go back, you know, to the... Uh, well, they come away from it very per perplexed mm -hmm. as to... Was this the same murderer who was trying to of the serial killer who's killed two people? Yeah. They think he yeah. might have committed this other crime, and yeah. uh, why would they? And now using a gun, they go up and they find that there is a gun in a, a window, a window and a gun, yeah, and a, and a gun, a sort of sniper rifle thing. Yeah. Been and I don't really left. know where they're filming. It looks like 
like where the gun is yeah. and is poised out the window, I made a joke watching it. It's like, <laughs> oh, it looks like the the, book the, depo- the old Dallas book depository, which we've both been to. We have, yeah. Um, which, which is where uh, uh, JFK was assassinated yeah. um, from uh, gunman me Harvey Oswald from the. Uh, book depository. Don't go, don't, don't go back there. I, don't I'm, go just, back there. I'm just hearing for those of you who haven't listened to our <laughs> any requests um, on uh, on our last episode, where we we look a lot into American conspiracy theories. Um, yeah. I'm feeling a lot of flashbacks from that. But yeah, yeah so that it, on one hand it looked a bit like that, but then it also looked just like a kind of an abandoned part of an RAF base that they use for shooting practice. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't. No, I mean, I don't. I've never been. I, I've grew up around an RAF base, but I've never seen a. a disused part of t- it, like a nuclear war town they build yeah. in order to blow up in All, in the indiana yeah. jones yeah like, no, yeah oh my that's exactly what i was about to say it looks like um when you yeah on like a movie studio lot where they where they have to build a fake thing in order to do an, an action sequence where yeah. it gets destroyed that's what it looks like so i yeah i don't uh, know what that is and and we visit it later and it looks yeah. very different the same place yeah shot from different angles and i think it said to you i think it yeah. actually looks it looks a little bit like, like an empty studio yeah. lot because there are yeah. lots of rigging and stuff up for lights that they've kind of yeah. semi-disguised oh well no that was uh that was matey from miracle and crooked lane he got all his oh yeah of got course. All his rigging yeah up. few lights um <laughs> easy to set up a couple of hours um, Why do we do it? But I think it might be uh, elements of Pinewood Studios, but um, I don't know because uh, neither Dave or I have been successful enough to work at Pinewood uh, Studios yet. Not bitter. I think I have actually been to Pinewood Studios in a professional capacity. Nah, just wandering around. Okay, <laughs> you <laughs> broke in. <laughs> um, <laughs> Security's not big. But yeah, they, we think it's going to be a locked door syndrome. How did the gunman get out? There was a locked door. And the reason why I'm not spending too much time on this is because it's all utterly irrelevant. But they spent yeah. ages saying, setting up this as the mystery, right? Yeah. This is the mystery, uh, even though there was no one with a coonskin cap there and they don't know what was happening. Um, so that happens. Yeah, uh, that happens. And then we go back to Jonathan and it's fab because Jonathan um, has been given a promotion and he's now the set designer for Adam Pass apparently we we say this like every other week what is Jonathan's job (laughs) what does he do so he's those who haven't seen it he's there he's on stage and they're hanging a cloth um, of Edvard Monk's The Scream yeah uh, which is part of the artwork that Adam had to okay the night before in a restaurant before they went to Stringfellows for some inexplicable reason yeah and he's hanging the cloth and they're doing it and they put it up and he went he waits until it gets into the air and says no 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 guys oh god that's, it's gonna have to be three metres further back up yeah. stage in order to to clear something you know get clearance from the something else I'm like you, you as well you are just as um annoyed by this yes and I'm, i don't know whether it's just because we are theatery people and yeah. we tend to lock on to theatery stuff because yeah. we know how things work but yeah absolutely no way would you not work out the distances before you set a bar because that yeah. bar has to be rigged weighted yeah counterweighted yeah so and then flown yeah yeah so for any of you uh it's probably quite a lot of you that listen that uh haven't uh had the uh joy of being in a theater during tech week for the majority of that week you are like just basically hopscotching around everything laid out on the floor on the stage because you rig it all last to make because you don't want to rig it until you're absolutely sure things are in the right position yeah so everything is all laid out on the floor so those bars would have been laid out and they'd have worked out 
the exact distance then and there before they'd flown them up. Yeah. You don't fly them up and then go, oh, no, we've got to move that three three feet, did he say? Three feet back? Yeah. That's quite like, no, no. And you should be like, no, no, we can't do that. It's up there now. Deal yeah. with it. I mean, they could they could have put it on the... I don't know. But also, the point is, it's just not Jonathan's job to yeah. worry about this because he's not a stage manager no. and he's not rigging the show. He's not a production designer. He's not... No. Like you say, why is he part of this? So that's very confusing. Yeah. Um, but, and, 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 and also, the annoying thing is that... Which, which Jonathan Creek does all the time is if there is... A shred of possibility that you could benefit of the doubt, suspend your disbelief, whatever you want to call it, and say, well, maybe, even though he seems successful enough to have a, a show on television, they just work with a skeleton crew. The, yeah. the problem is, a little bit later in this episode, they talk about someone else who's apparently on the payroll of Adam Klaus <laughs> yeah. that completely <laughs> neg negates, negates that. that. And and so you, so can you, can't even argue, you can't even argue that. They, they screw up their own way of even being able to argue it themselves yeah. they've got about 10 20 people in that space at any one time like sometimes yeah. there are swarms of, of yeah. technicians on that yeah i mean we we've got a, a, a friend who works on darren but he's a general manager for darren brown's yeah. shows live shows and i mean you would have 20 30 people running around yeah. in order to check that is if fucking sketchbooks on all right like yeah. it, oh, it's yeah. very odd it's very odd but anyway um he, we don't know what he does for a living. No. That, that takes about five seconds. I'm glad we spent a long time Yeah, it. it was important. It's just it so gets a phone call on his mobile phone. On his mobile phone, yeah. Right. Um, and who is it? But, well, actually, he, we don't ever find out who it is. It's someone from the production office. Yes, yeah. But we assume Adrian Edmondson or someone that works for Adrian Edmondson. Someone who works, someone who works for Adrian Edmondson. Yeah, Adrian Edmondson. Uh, set, set, setting up a meeting to talk to him about some new show. Would you come to the studio? Yeah. Um, uh, then Adam Klaus comes in um to the theater and uh we find out that the woman that he was with died he comes and in no late one and no one cares that someone's died and explains that she ate a lobster in a restaurant which we saw a bit of. It's, it's important to say he's playing hungover he's not playing at all shell-shocked that a person he was with hours ago yeah. is is has passed away no and then he says oh we went to string fellows and i introduced her to brian ferry and then she started picking her nose and then she started picking his nose and then she went to the toilet and um suffocated on her own vomit right she died yeah huge big thing oh no worries he just takes another swig of his evian and says just makes you think doesn't it jonathan you should always chew your food yeah yeah gag gag someone's died someone's died dreadful yeah and he was more concerned about the fact that she was picking brian brian Ferry's nose. Also, as we all are, why would you pick someone else's yeah. nose? Again, it's not a it's not a half hour sitcom. And, and again, I know we say this all the time with Jonathan Creek. Surely you'd lead with, oh my god, that woman died. That's all. You wouldn't come in and talk chronologically through the evening if the end of the evening ended with someone dying. Yeah. Surely that's the information you lead with. And Jonathan makes a comment about him being hungover and says, "Oh, get get the uh, get the the unit doctor out." Um, and then the unit, the unit, the unit medic, and then he corrects himself and says, "Oh, for some reason, let's get the get the unit unit nurse then." Yeah. Um. Now, again, in theatre, you never refer to a casting crew as a unit. You just no. don't no. do that. 
In no. fact, you don't even do that on filming because yeah. there are several units. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole point. That's yeah. The reason it's a unit is because you've got Alex as a unit. Yeah. And you've got like different departments. To... And they don't all have their own medical person. Yeah. On most film shoots, they will have a yeah. first aider, but they're not going to have a nurse yeah. on board. Yeah. And definitely never, ever would you have a, a, a like a cast and crew nurse no. on hand no. in no. in a, re- in a tech rehearsal. Never happens. In a, I, that just never happens. So I don't know. But the problem is, Jonathan's trying to make some kind of like dry remark. Um, and that doesn't work if the thing you're talking about shows that you don't know anything about the industry that you're yeah. in like you can't yeah. have superiority in this in, in this yeah so it, do, it does actually punch holes in the whole program for us which is really annoying um and uh yeah and, and then she dies and i just went okay well let's hope that that's gonna be important like let's hope she didn't die in vain yeah and then it was important to the story somehow we'll find out later if it if it was all if it was all <laughs> worth it oh by the way he says uh about the meeting on the phone he says oh what time G- move that thing three feet back takes a phone call says oh what time is it now oh just nearly getting on for 11 i should be there i'll be there by lunchtime or noon or something yeah i'm like sorry they've just r- rigged a massive <laughs> pop of edvard monk in the wrong yeah. place and yeah. you seem to be running this technical <laughs> rehearsal i know it's odd jonathan but why are you going yeah i'll get across london in an hour yeah because you're in the west end and you need to be at television center yeah which is out in the fucking uh at this point it would still White be City. shepherd's bush yeah, yeah shepherd's yeah. bush i mean you, you're not going to get there in an hour you're just not going to no. do it or two no. hours even no you've got a lot of problems um, and also your yeah. stars just come in hungover having been with someone who died last night no he's fine he can go to a mystery meeting that he doesn't know whether it's gonna be important or not over at the beep fine so yeah so then we uh go to the beep uh adrian emerson and uh Except it's, it's not though is it it's no, not television it's center not television center it's it's why? somewhere that's meant to be why isn't it <laughs> Like you said that as in, of course it's not Television Centre. No, it absolutely should have been. Because they're the BBC. So surely it's cheaper to fit and better. If they're going to name check Michael Grade in this series, yeah. why yeah. Why not just it's a really good, show yeah. the opening of Television Centre? Yeah. But no, no. It's, it's kind of some weird studio. Unless it was. If you worked at the BBC yeah. in 2002, 2003, and you know that particular yeah. entrance... Uh, to uh, d- then let us know. I think it was Mountview. It looked oh. quite a lot like Mountview Drama School. Yeah, in Wood Green. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. Um, well, they had lots of. I did right, quite yeah. like this bit. So I missed quite a lot of this uh, scene because I was so distracted by the photos on the wall. Oh, I've written them down. It, yeah. Uh, so um, Dale Winton was the first one. Oh, was... rest in peace. Oh yeah! Oh god! Dale oh, Winton was a young, smiley, spiky-haired Dale Winton. Uh, which his is shot which was up is there. it's unusual for me to forget that he died because, uh, as Callum will attest to, <laughs> yeah. I normally think everyone's dead. Uh, if, and if someone's like over the age of fifty and they haven't been mentioned in the news or in conversation for yeah. I don't know about a month, they yeah. they think they're automatically I dead. Just assume, yeah, like so many people when they when they're going oh and uh, such such passed away today. Like honestly, for the last couple of years, almost every single person <laughs> I thought they would. I've already like like little Richard the other day, rest in peace. Yeah, uh, yes- I, yesterday I genuinely thought that uh, little Richard had, had died years ago. Yeah, eighty-seven. Mm. Yeah, there you go. 
So uh, yeah, Delvin Tim was, was one. Anton, yeah. Anton Deck, Anton Deck, Ross Kemp, Ross Kemp, <laughs> Ross yeah. Kemp was a great one. Yeah. But odd at that time to have Ross Kemp and not the Phil Mitchell guy, yeah. um, uh, Steve, the, McFadden? Steve McFadden, because at that point he was famous for being on EastEnders. Yeah. But I don't think at that point he started doing his Ross Kemp's like dangerous weekends or whatever. It yeah. Was. <laughs> it wasn't called that. One. <laughs> That's the next one. <laughs> dangerous Gangs. That's the new one. That's um, like a cross. That's like Ross Kemp doing Louis Theroux. So yeah, Ross so, Kemp's dangerous weekends. So they come in. Carl uh, uh, Borrego spots that uh, Jonathan's, Jonathan's in, the lobby. in the lobby going into the lift. So she uh, tries to distract Adrian Edmonds from from not see from uh, to make sure they're not looking in Jonathan's direction. So Jonathan can't spot her um, by asking <laughs> asking Adrian Edmondson if a BAFTA is a BAFTA points to a yes. everyone everyone in the UK knows what a BAFTA looks like and, no, she, and, and she's working in TV now and has been for six months and she goes oh is that a BAFTA I was like no you can do better than no. that no you're insane um, and uh, yeah. so Jonathan and, and doesn't see Carla Bray no um, but surprise surprise that's who they're doesn't matter because that's who they're meeting anyway he goes into the lift and they go up the stairs yeah and uh walk into the office and who's waiting for them in adrian emerson's office jonathan creek yeah Um, sitting in front of anton deck sitting in front of anton deck on the sofa so obviously adrian Edmonds says ah great uh because she he's not seen who who she was trying to avoid making eye contact with um come sit down meet jonathan creek he's the genius who's going to help us solve this uh crime uh yeah. for our crime stoppers program. and she's like oh yeah i know we met. like she hates him and it's and yeah. we don't know at this point why um well, well he's about to say oh yeah I, we, and then she cuts him off and says we worked yeah. together years ago on a different project yeah and i th- obviously we learn as the episode goes on which i have some questions about as well uh why why she's cold and very frosty to him um but at this point because because the last because the satan's chimney ended with her being annoyed at him and then the gag being oh he didn't return her calls it had only been overnight yeah i thought i assumed that she was still mad about that and i was like why are you like like this is a weird character choice to play that you're still angry about something that he pointed out you were overreacting to yeah and you were, and you ended that by agreeing to go and meet him so i don't understand why he was lying but obviously we do learn we do learn why. a little bit later and it's a very uh, it's a very weird thing it's a very unbelievable circumstance however yeah. you'd be surprised to find out however we don't know at this point we just go no. I would go, okay carla and jonathan had a relationship that she's ashamed of question mark yeah and then um adrian edmondson says uh, to jonathan would you believe it Carla, six months ago, she was just a theatrical agent stuck behind a desk, and I saw that, and I went, "Oh, there, there needs to be a, 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 a there's a, a light that needs to be brought from under a bushel." Yeah. Um, and uh, and so that's that's yeah. that's it. That's the line that explains Carla's weird career change. Yeah. Um, and then Adrian Emerson takes a call, and we uh learn that Carla's mom married to him, which means months. they've got together. Got together got married organized the wedding had the wedding and had a career change. and had a career change all all in the space of six months and again again david it's you that's writing this you could have literally picked any, any time any time. time frame you wanted well 
I well, suppose within eighteen within, months. Within yeah, within whenever the last episode, uh, the Christmas special aired. Yeah, it's it, oh, I don't yeah I don't know why that happens, and then but she says I'm married to him, and. Jonathan goes, oh, well. And, and he goes, yeah. And he's a very successful businessman. Yeah, that's a weird one to choose from. Well, he's the producer of the show. <laughs> yeah. like, it's a business. He's, in this scene, he's show the producer business. of the show. In the other scene, he was like <laughs> the director, maybe like, or the production manager or like yeah. the executive producer. But like, in this, he definitely works in television. He's got an office at, at the BBC. Yeah. That's not the BBC. Yeah. <sighs> But businessman's a really odd thing to describe him it as. Is, yeah, yeah. Because really that's someone who like makes money off what they're doing. Yeah. But if you're working, if you're making a TV program, yeah. you're and you're producing it, you get you get well, paid no, for well, it. Well, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly why she called him that. She called him that because David Rennick wanted it to be a surprise that when she says businessman, and then she kind of gestures to him, so we don't know that it's Adrian Edmondson until she gestures in the camera pans And he looks over her, his shoulder. Because if she'd said, oh, I'm a successful TV producer, or if she said, like, what a normal person would say is, oh, he's my husband. Yeah. Uh, she's weird she's doing it mysterious or anyway. Yeah. But so he's gone, oh, she, he, she has to call him something else to make, to make the thing I want to happen work. But he's not thought about the thing that he's put in to make what he wants to happen work now that thing doesn't work so it's yeah it's again it's plugging holes and allowing water to fill uh to, to flood out elsewhere yeah you're taking a cork from one hole putting it in another one it's uh, yeah. it doesn't make sense but he's having this conversation on the phone which is allowing carla and jonathan to have this chat no. he goes where have you been i, I tried to i returned your calls i tried yeah. calling and he just completely left blanked 12 me messages i yeah. left you 12 messages and she's like, "Oh, for goodness' sake! I can't believe you. You're you're just oh, the way you treated me." Yeah. All this all this time, Adrian Edmondson's having this conversation on the phone on the same desk that Carla's sat on. She yeah. sat on the front of the desk. He sat on the back of the desk. There's about maybe I don't know um, three inches between them. Yeah. But Carla Borrego is talking at full volume, and Adrian Edmondson's voice is he's having a conversation about DOP, about getting a different DOP. I'm like, yeah. right, okay. And now I don't know what the show is now because. You saying you've got a different department in order to do off-site shoots and remakes? That I suppose you would. I don't know, but that conversation is happening hourly mm-hmm. in about three offices away. <laughs> so quiet! It's so quiet, and you can see him talking. It's so quiet, and, and I'm like, well, is this is exactly what happened with the the waiter in the Chinese restaurant that was actually an Italian <laughs> restaurant? It, 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 why? Why are there? Why are all the levels different? Yeah. Just make it so it's believable. Or if you want them, would, wouldn't she just cross the sofa and sit to Jonathan and have that private? If she doesn't want Adrian Edmondson to hear, why is she talking right in his ear? In fairness, it's oh. really hard to mix sound as you're recording. Uh, <laughs> finally, doing it. Oh, fine. Um, remember, there's no post production. There's no. Me. There's no post production. It's one take. It's and one that's take. It. And straight off to the oh. BBC uh, at Mount Um. So then we uh, learn basically from this scene that Jonathan is now on board for this show as like the consultant, yeah, uh, crime co- consultant, lateral thinking magic. consultant, maths maths freak consultant, um, <laughs> Jonathan Greek maths freak, and uh, so that so they they go him and Carla go and have uh, a look at this book depository warehouse film set. Place, RAF base, whatever RAF it is, base, yeah, yeah, Cold War military 
yeah experiment um so they get there and she's very annoyed at him mm-hmm. <clears throat> and again they've had a whole car journey from this part of london to wherever they're going now yeah and they apparently haven't said anything to each other for the whole yeah. car journey i hate it when people do this in fiction yeah stop doing it either either have them go separately and go in a different time like think of other ways to get them there or have them talking in the car yeah if, if that's boring get them there some other way i mean there's quite a few instances in this episode where i got really annoyed at people not having conversations they would have had like mm-hmm. like why why are you telling me adrian edmondson and uh julia sawala didn't have uh being married and also her being the presenter of the show hadn't had a conversation previously where he mentioned that he was going to hire jonathan creek as a yeah. consultant especially when he's a magician's assistant and she used to be a theatrical agent of a magician, magician yeah who yeah, famously yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> murdered someone and then was killed and the, yeah he'd known the, like yeah how would he know how, she wasn't I, oh. how, yeah I don't understand how he's in the dark about them knowing each other previously if he knows yeah. what she's anyway it's bizarre but she gets there and she says oh don't for goodness sake don't don't tell me I knew what you were thinking when he said that I was the new anchor worm to the old wanker I'm like yeah. right this is something that I haven't really talked about or we haven't talked about that much but Rennick sometimes does like that's a joke that Richard Victor Meldrew might yeah. make in in uh, One Foot in the Grave, right? Which Rennick also wrote. But because it's not really a Jonathan Creek joke, what he's done is he hasn't had anyone make the joke. Yeah. Instead, he's having someone explain what the joke would have been had one of the characters said it. And you know that old trope, like, it's not funny if you have to explain it. Like, yeah. It's definitely not funny if you don't say the joke and then explain it because you thought someone might have thought that yeah and also that's not jonathan's sense of humor because yeah. he's not like that so so it's an utter it's a piece of absolute madness it's a complete madness to have someone explain a joke that no one made yeah and acknowledging that no one made yeah. it and then, and then talking about it as if it's a character trait of someone who we've been following for three <laughs> theories now who wouldn't have made that joke Write in if you disagree. I don't care. Yeah. That's my standpoint. All right. Um, yeah. And and uh, is this also when they have the conversation where, where we learn that he... She's angry because they dated and she let him meet her parents. And, and oh, you you said something you, he to my says, dad. I don't know what I said. Yeah, um, I had hiccups. I, I, remember, I remember I had hiccups towards the end of the night, but apart from that, I, don't, yeah. I was on my best behaviour. And, and she refuses to explain she again. Says, I was there, remember? Yeah. I know what you said, yeah. which is the weirdest thing anyone yeah. said outside of a primary school playground in a hundred years. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think this might be a bit later. I think this might be the conversation they have when they go to the council flats later on, is it? Or uh, there's when two they very similar conversations very similar. in the car. It doesn't really matter. Forgive us if we make that mistake. Yeah. I mean, you haven't watched it anyway. Come on, be honest. Um, but yeah, but there is a kind of a bit of underscore here because we've had a couple of underscoring moments, not just the sound issues, yeah. but we had a, a weird like rip-off of Tubular Bells in the Crime Watch oh, opening, yeah. remember? Yeah, I was like, oh, Mike Oldfield's coming it's to like do this. It's like two notes different and you made a comment on it. You're absolutely <laughs> right. And then and then here, when they go and have a recce, yeah. and he goes, well, I'm look, looking over here because this is... And she goes, I'm walking off. I'm going to look at where the gun was, you know pointed and they have this moment where it's it's the dance macabre theme done in a different way which yeah. now happens like once or twice an episode doesn't yeah. it it, yeah. I it happens all the time but i don't know what it 
is. And then I, I said to you, actually, it's quite similar to our theme. To tune, our theme tune, yeah. To I, what we've I, done on I, this. I think they but we do like us. a little marimba version of yeah, Dance Macabre. So maybe they'd have listened to it and thought that was uh, a good idea. This isn't the first time that we've worked out that they've somehow gone forward in time, listened to this, gone back and changed things. In order to annoy us. In order to annoy us, yeah. So yeah. I think it's another case of that. Um, so they then head on. Oh, yeah. So again, just keep forgetting the actual bits of the plot in this one. Uh, so they go. Uh, Jonathan goes around and works out basically that 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 it had all been pre-set up. So no one had actually yeah. fired uh, the gun. It was there for someone uh, to but find. But he didn't work that out. He just made it up. Yeah, he, he did, just yeah, said. He did just make it oh, up. Well, they didn't. The policeman didn't touch the gun, did they? Like, no. He's like, oh, that's where they made their first mistake. Yeah. Because. And then, because I think what happened is the guy went in, yeah, uh, locked the door from the inside, set up a gun, yeah, then and shimmied then down a train pipe, down, yeah, and and set off uh, whiz bangs to yeah make it look like that sound like it's someone's being shot. At. So so it, so it's it's not uh, it, it wasn't a, a deliberate yeah. murder. It, it's been yeah. set up. To make it look like she was going to be killed for some reason. But, and well, all the evidence of that setup has since yep. been removed, so they'll never know. No. Great. So we never know if Jonathan's right about this. No. We've got no idea. Because no. no one can t- go back in time and test whether the gun was hot when because no one touched it, because yeah. the police didn't want to get fingerprints. So that is just, just completely made up. Yeah. But um, it hinges on a lot else being discovered. But it's just an idea that Jonathan has, and it never gets proved. Yeah. So they then make their way to see uh superintendent hitler yeah yeah they do uh, um uh they're waiting for him in in his office uh and uh, jonathan and carla having a conversation I, I honestly could not for a million pounds tell you what that conversation was because i didn't care i th- i think is i think it might be them trying to work out why he, he's he's trying to work out why she's angry at him. why she right again and she's not telling him and then he gets invested and turns around and she's not interested anymore. She's yeah. now rifling through she's, the papers. She's rifling through some papers. And he, also and a lovely cameo, sorry, just before, mm-hmm. where, um, I say cameo is not a famous person, just a, a guest, just a little appearance from yeah. an actor who plays a, a, a police officer and she comes in she says, here you go, just wait in the office, Superintendent Hitler will be with you in a moment. Um, do you want a cup of tea or coffee? And they go, no thanks, we're fine. And she exits and I just went, oh, it makes me really nostalgic for a time where... The police force had enough funding that they could actually offer people tea and coffee, <laughs> and that they were in a good mood. I would ask, oh, so you could never write that now. It just wouldn't be believable. Wouldn't be believable. Um, yeah. So they're rifling. She starts rifling through the papers, and what happens? Uh, she goes to open a drawer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she goes to open a drawer, and uh, an, an airbag. Like like a car airbag that goes off when a, a yeah. car crash yeah. uh, is deployed from the desk. Yeah, from the desk, and it's huge. It's about ten times the size of a car airbag. Yeah, it's it's like um, it reminded me of those uh, parachute things that primary schools have for kids to run under. Yeah, why is that a thing? I don't know, but my my brother in law uh, has one. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, when, a kid's he, when he's do the, yeah a, a lot of the kids' parties and stuff. Yeah, I, it was my favourite bit. Parachute games. Just from the end of the parachute. Yeah, oh, I loved it. Loved yeah, it. Yeah, so I've never understood the logic of it. I, I, you know, enjoyed it for a bit. I mean, I, I think I remember getting a bit bored. 
That just says more about me. Let's, <laughs> let's not talk about me. Let's talk about Jonathan Creek. There's an airbag that goes off. It's about it has the it's about the size of a parachute, but it's yeah. white, um, and it kind of Carla Borrego's you know knocked back by it, and Jonathan says, "Oh bloody hell, some kind of airbag thing," and in walks Superintendent Hitler. Yeah, and in a really cheery mood, which is weird, which I don't know why he's playing it like that. Yeah, it's like he's just had a hand job. Yeah, um, and. <laughs> Well, hey, I'm not just being vulgar. That could be plot driven. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it, that is referenced later. Um, and uh, he says, oh, you know, oh, brilliant. It does work then, this new security thing I've got. Uh, you yeah. kind of be too careful around here with people. So, so basically, he's installed this and he opens a desk and <laughs> there's a ridiculous amount of wires. <laughs> and, you said and, I wrote, and, I don't know why they're, they're, <laughs> how they relate to the airbag. Like, I don't know. There's like a device that the airbag attached to, and then there's like a panel of what I've just written as totally unnecessary lights and switches. Yeah, that seem to be not even that connected to the like. like it's, oh. It is actually. Who? <laughs> sorry. Quite, what's the benefit of the lights? Where are the LEDs on it? It's Who's quite, that to ha- tell? You're about to be hit by a surprise airbag now. It's quite incredible because there's there's a few. Uh, we'll come to a few sort of gadgets in this episode and it's quite incredible how they've managed to to make things uh, feel so even for 2003 dated but at the same time so implausible that even now i wouldn't believe that the technology is there to create those things and yet they still feel very it's amazing they somehow feel dated and futuristic at the same time. Well, it's a bit like when we did the Crime Traveller episode, mm. which, oh, which we'll be doing another one of, yeah. of course, for any requests, where you look at the time machine and you go, well, there's no reason for there to be like a toaster attached to it. Yeah. Of course it's not going to do that, but also it t- travels in time, which is impossible. <laughs> yeah. How can you make it? It's exactly that conundrum of going, what is it about like fictional sci-fi where you yeah. make it shit enough so we don't believe it should be able to do the thing it does, yeah. and also the thing it does is it's... so advanced. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just plump for the middle, and then we don't yeah. have to think about it. Um, um, so yeah, so that's that's a, a weird thing. Um, but he does say, "Please excuse my passion for gadgetry." Yes, which comes in handy later on. It does. Um, so yeah, uh, and then we, uh, I believe, uh, see the streaker. Yep. So we go back to um, the theatre. Yeah. Um, and Jonathan is at the theatre working now, so we assume that what he's done is gone home from work. Carla Borrego has yeah. come back to her office, and he's gone to the theatre yeah. to he's do at, the show. He's he's he's, he's at prompt corner because he's a DSM now. I'm going to um, talk about that later as well. I don't know why for, uh, for the for the whole of this episode, if yeah. he's not on on st- stage doing s- some job that doesn't exist, yeah, he's in prompt corner. Yeah, why is he yeah. standing there? I don't know. Um, so. So he, uh, being Adam Klaus, is doing uh, this new act that involves the uh, munches the scream. Um, and no, it doesn't. What? It doesn't involve Edward munches the scream. Now, what it involves is a, the story of the trick is yeah, Freud yeah makes someone levitate yeah on a, a, a couch yeah, and the for some reason yeah the backdrop not like a painting in Freud's office the yeah. backdrop yeah is Edward munches the scream yeah right. And then what happens is either side of the screen, yeah. set panels fly out where yeah. also there are the other, other screens, screens on. Yeah. So the actual scream yeah. that he was hanging in the first place yeah. was causing so much problem doesn't <laughs> even move. Yeah, it does, yeah, yeah. And it has no relevance to the trick. No. 
No, um, no. So, so just to correct you, yeah. it doesn't have anything to do with <laughs> no, the screen no, yeah, at all. Yeah, you're quite right. But, you're, but that is that is what they were using the designs for. What I will say <laughs> is I really liked the aesthetics of this. Did you? Yeah, I really liked you like it. You like the things moving up the sides? Yeah, and... I thought, you know, and I thought, that's, this is fun. It's not it's not culturally insensitive which is what adam class yeah. most of his tricks are That's i thought you know what if i was watching a magic show and they did a thing about and someone was pretending to be freud doing a bit of magic and it was designed like this i thought it was great yeah and you know she does levitate and go upside down though yeah i, I it's thought, like a proper trick i thought this was probably the best adam klaus bit of a show i've seen unfortunately it's about and i don't disagree there i don't mm. disagree at all unfortunately it's about to be ruined yeah by a streaker yeah who comes out of the like the audience yeah drops his drops trowel and then runs on on stage and dances about shaking his willy everywhere yeah it's full full frontal nudity yeah you get to see willy in this one guys um we should put it on a youtube link somewhere probably get more hits that way <laughs> um uh yeah and and adam klaus is very perturbed and annoyed by it, it doesn't act professionally at all yeah, uh, it doesn't cope with it very well. No, um, yeah. Jonathan doesn't he, react yeah. at all to it. Oh my god! Right, so until so, a... so the streaker run, runs around the stage, runs runs off, uh, exits the stage, um, uh, and Jonathan waits for about a second. I said no, Alan Davies actually. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Davies the waits actor. for about a second and then decides to react. It's so weird, and he reacts in a way as if to say, "Oh, not again." Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of rubs his eyes, saying, "Oh well." Like he's not that bothered by it. But I, 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 I don't understand why the reaction comes so late. Why, he, he, like, did he not think the camera was on him? It, it's so weird. It's so weird. Also, why is he always watching the tricks from the wings? I mean, it's bad enough that he's in prompt corner, mm. leave the stage manager alone, but and also she needs a sightline. But in order to see the tricks work, he needs to be at the back of the stalls. He needs to see it from the audience's perspective, really. Um, okay, okay, I'm getting too into it now. We should carry on. Um, yeah, so that happens. Yeah. And I, at this point also, I'm starting to go, right, so we're this far into the episode, like two-thirds of the way through. Yeah. And we've got another, a secondary Adam Klaus subplot. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why have we got a second B storyline? Yeah. When, yeah, when, when the, main, to... the main A storyline hasn't actually happened yet. We, yeah, the main A storyline hasn't happened yet, but the first B plot was with where 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 the the woman died. Yeah, just seems to have died for nothing. Like nothing's coming back about it. Yeah. Adam's not bothered yeah. by it. No. no one's moved on. No, everyone's moved on. So I'm just like, oh, I think so that's yeah, a bit. Now there's now there's now there's a plot about a streaker. Um, yeah. So then we go back to uh, Superintendent Hitler, yeah. and he. Uh, I suppose he gets a phone call saying that someone in a Davy Crockett hat's been spotted uh, at a nearby school. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he sends everyone to go off there, including uh, the policewoman who was doing the reenactment who got shot at. And he said, yeah. no, are you okay to do this? Said, yeah. Heather. Heather. said, yes, I'm fine. You know, fine. And, and it's clear that they've got some kind of relationship. He gives her what we think at this point is a ring and i was like that's a weird proposal because it really it's a ring box. box he gives her a ring it's, box. it's a ring box yeah. it's a ring box it's not a ring inside as we learn later on so i don't know why it's in a ring box other than again it's a MacGuffin, isn't it it's, it's a MacGuffin. but again it's 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 it, that, 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 
it doesn't work if the thing doesn't make if 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 yeah. it's, it's just lying. It's yeah. like it's like the thing I always say about someone saying like, oh, did you know my uncle's a butcher? And oh, I go, oh really? And you go, no, I tricked you. You know, you didn't trick me. You, you just, just lied. lied. You <laughs> just lied to yeah, me. I've got no reason. If to you show me a ring box and show me someone saying, you know, oh, I I know this isn't really the way it's done all the time in the place, and then cut. I'm good. It's not. It's not. I've not been fooled that yeah. I thought that was someone proposing because all the evidence I've given yeah. is someone that's proposing. Yeah. yeah. So you can't, like, that's not how a MacGuffin... Anyway. But it's nice to know that we're trolling the audience here at this point. David Rennick's going, ah, you idiots, you thought it was yeah, a ring because it was yeah. a ring box. What twat? And I don't... It's also not really that important that we did think it was... And anyway, uh, so uh, she goes... Uh, Heather goes off. To, yeah, they go off. Hawley F.E. College yeah. is where they are. Yeah, um, um, or where it's called. Or yeah, I don't know if that exists. Uh, and uh, Heather goes into this empty gym. Um, well, he tells her to, doesn't he? It, they yeah. say again. He names everyone by name. Yeah. Nick, you got off to the so-and-so. Heather, you check the gym. So she goes in on her own into a gym, and yeah. I don't think anyone, any police officer, should go off on their own. No, no, and, um, not at this point when there's a, a potential gunman. You just lot out and about. You don't yeah. do it. A potential serial killer gunman. Yeah. Serial killer who who wears a Davy Crockett hat on some of the murders. Yeah. And uses guns on some of the murders. Yeah. And does all the murders differently. It's not a serial killer, is it? No. It's none of the evidence. I don't know why the Crime Stoppers show thinks that it's a, it's no. a serial killer. And the police do. But. No. Ridiculous. Yeah. So they go off. And Heather goes into this gym hall on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's... What we have a bit of shaky camera. Mm. We have a bit of like Blair Witch camera yeah. happening um, behind Heather, to, which suggests someone's coming up behind Heather. And just as they're getting close to Heather's back, it's clearly shaky camera. Someone's behind her. Yeah. There's another camera angle from in front of Heather to reveal no one behind Heather. Yeah, which I find a really odd piece of storytelling <laughs> because the whole point of yeah having shaky camera behind someone is. To make us think that there's someone behind them. Yeah. And to show us immediately that there isn't, you go, oh, yeah. that was just a cameraman who had had the shakes. Yeah. Like, it, it negates the device, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because you're no longer creating mystery. Yeah. You're just saying that, we, again, we were, ah, tricked you, you saw someone behind her. Well, yeah, because you told her there was. Because yeah. that's what shaky camera behind the. So that kind of it kind of deflated the tension really quickly yeah. but unfortunately the underscoring are like everything's telling you that it's tense but I'm going well it isn't because we know there's no one in no the gym hall yeah yeah. and we as an audience at this point have to think that there is yeah we have to think there's someone in there yeah 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 yeah. again it, it, <laughs> it, it, David Reddick had the choice to make it look more like there was someone in there and made it not look like there was so yeah it fine Um. so yeah so the gym door's locked she puts a call out saying I've been kind of trapped in here the person must have me in the gym and yeah. and because uh, the lights go off yeah the lights the door go off doors locked. locked she radios to superintendent Hitler who to himself and this is important to remember this in a bit to himself for the benefit of no one under his breath says God help us all yeah he's I, off radio at that point yep yeah, he's off radio he's, and also he wouldn't and say he God looks, help us all on a radio anyway exactly and he looks out to middle distance and says it very quietly under his breath like he's playing it to himself so I, I don't know again as we come later on to the reveal that makes no sense that he did that knowing, um, knowing what we do know yeah it, who who is that for that for the benefit yeah, for who, is a question yeah. that we often ask yeah no um, one no one uh, is often the answer um, <laughs> and so yeah so they rush with all the police to the gym they're trying to get in they can't and he hears her 
what sounds like her being strangled, Heather, and and here's her say, "You bastard, you'll never get away." And then nothing, and they manage to break break the door down to get in. Heather is dead on the floor, and she has a mark as if she's been strangled, a red mark, like a garroted kind like of, like a garroted, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that's the third murder. That's the third murder, and she's called Heather. And now it <clears> appears that there is a connection because the three women are all got floral names iris heather and whatever um, and rose I rose think. it yeah. was yeah iris heather and rose are the three that have been it's killed an old irish song and uh we then see this on the crime stoppers oh, no that's a different program uh <laughs> crime watch crime watch crime stoppers i think crime stoppers is the line yeah you, the thing you call uh, okay. when you think you've got information about a crime unless you're watching crime watch in which case you call crime watch number the crime watch is the program crime stoppers is the used number to, there used to be one on itv that i used to watch i think it was called 999 it was ah. there was one on itv called 999 and that was all reenactments about crimes what's the one where there's a scottish guy nicky oh yeah nicky that watchdog no i think that was crime stoppers crime watch. crime watch. i think that was crime watch. okay anyway sorry yeah <laughs> um so we uh see that uh they're putting out their this now calling the uh this person the daisy chain killer in in the coonskin cap we then cut to a completely new character uh this woman with a big curly hair yeah um that we've never met before uh looking watching this announcement and looking angry and drinking uh some uh, alcohol alcohol or something um uh, and then and that's it and so you're like what sorry who what's this what's going on what huh doesn't matter guys doesn't doesn't matter because uh we go back to of course adam klaus because that's <laughs> yeah. important uh and the streaker uh now has a dressing room because uh adam's decided to hire the streaker because this is ridiculous so, so Adam's on stage. Why are they having this meeting on stage? I don't know. Like, none of these meetings should be no. happening in front of no crew of 25 no. min- people now. Well, again, what are they doing? What are they doing? What's the, what do they need to be there for? So he's having this meeting with uh, a kind of another curly-haired uh, woman with a pen and a clipboard. Yeah. Um, and he says, why Why is what a bloody streaker got a dressing room now? Yeah. Um... And Adam says, ah, well, this lady here, is, I can't remember her name, was just explaining to me that we, she did an exit poll on last night's show, and apparently the streaker um, means that our it's more popular with our audiences than ever. Um, and no one saw how the trick was done, which makes it perfect misdirection. Yeah. So we're making him a regular part of the show. Um, and Jonathan disagrees, says, hey, this is ridiculous. I'm not having that. And, and then Adam says, sadly, Jonathan, your views on this matter are redundant. So now right. I'm like, well, how important no, is he then? Um, yeah. Why? Oh, like, you absolutely, no show in the history of theatre has a dedicated audience researcher on their books. There are separate external companies that you hire to do market research for you. Yeah. They exist separately. Okay, yeah, you, you don't, ha- yeah, yeah. You, you don't have... A show doesn't have a market, uh, uh, an, an, I mean, an audience research isn't even a thing, uh, but you certainly wouldn't have your own one for your show, especially a show that apparently doesn't have separate director, 
production like apparently your consultant does all of the things to do with the creation of the show yeah apart from so so your core team your core team your full-time payroll is adam klaus adam klaus's consultant that does anything everything jonathan creek yeah and a woman that does audience research for every every show yeah i yeah and some guys who keep rebuilding sets wrongly yeah because they're unnecessary but but it's an exit poll which means they would have had to have booked and, and arranged specifically an exit poll of... I've never heard of an exit poll, but man, it could happen. It, I've imagined it in my head yeah. now, and I've gone, okay, yeah, you could get a load of people running surveys. Would you have five minutes to tell us about the show? Absolutely, yeah. that could happen. Um, and But you, you that, it's just luck that you just mm-hmm. happened to do it on that night that, when the streaker was there. But it's not like, oh, luckily we were doing an exit poll last night. Like, you, you can explain all this stuff. You yeah. can just put in a line or a word and make it a bit more believable. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, I, and also the whole thing about theatre being word of mouth is that then sure, everyone's going to go, everyone's going to know in about five minutes that there's a streaker in that yeah. thing. Yeah. It's like, it's, everyone's going to know really quickly that that was a, that was a plant. Yeah. Um, um, fine. So yeah, um, so then we see uh, Adrian Emerson and Julia Sawala and Creek are having uh, dinner. Um, I, I found it so weird that she was smoking in a restaurant. Of course, two thousand and three, you would have done. Yeah, it's but it's sort of funny and really bizarre. Um, and uh, they're having a little chat about this crime and what's going on and uh, what they're going to do about it. Um, they leave the restaurant and the woman with the curly hair that we met uh, two scenes ago uh, kind of grabs Carla yeah. and says, oh, you know, if you want to know more about what's going on, meet me tomorrow night. My flat gives her the address. Um, we then, I'm just kind of racing through this because it's all boring. It's not interesting. Uh, we then, I mean, although I did say I, I don't understand how she knew that Carla was at that restaurant. There's, I don't know why she's at the restaurant, but fine. she drops her bag. Yeah. And there's a very important dramatic close yeah, sorry, up yes. on a as, she, as she's getting her address, she drops her bag. Uh, well, no, there's not yet. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, yeah, she drops her bag, and that's important to know later. Um, they go to uh, the flat of this woman the next night to meet her, they being Carla and Jonathan. I think this is when they have again more of a conversation about the the hiccup thing. Yeah. Um and uh they um Carla says, Right, I don't think your services are required. You wait here in the car, I'm gonna go up and talk to her. As he go she goes up and talks to her, um, he is thinking back and uh to the woman dropping her bag. I'm gonna his head and he's thinking back to the woman dropping her bag. And there's the most dramatic, as you quite rightly said, close up on this scrunchie coming out of her bag. And he says, oh, dear God, because he's realised what anyone with eyes would initially realise. <laughs> that is, that is of course, not someone wearing a coonskin cap. It's, of course, someone with a ponytail because it's hair and a ponytail. But, but also, he realises it by remembering the silhouette of the Coons King cap, yeah. which he never saw, which he never saw. <laughs> because he wasn't there. Yeah, it didn't yeah. happen. Yeah, like well, I I suppose he's seen it on the episode of the crime show or whatever, but because that's how we've seen it, they show it in a little thing on that episode when Carl was talking about it. Okay, which means yeah that they 
have gone out and bought a coonskin cap and made it look like a lady w- with a ponytail. Well, this is, yeah, this is something. Because what that, we see and yeah. what he sees in his mind's eye, yeah. if it is the Crime Watch remake. Yeah, where did they get, like, where, did where, they... where did they get a picture of that silhouette from? Yeah. Oh, God, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. The silhouette. The... <laughs> that's a really good point. The silhouette we're seeing and not everyone, all this is predicated on is. Is in fact. Is, can't be the real thing from because who's. Who's, who's taken a photo of, of, a, of a shadow that someone's seen? No. Because that's not relevant until after she's given her account. Right. So why... Oh, my God. That's nonsense. Oh. I've only ju- I, I didn't clock it until no, I, I was didn't trying. No, I did until you just That's that. dreadful. That's stupid. That's really it's even dreadful. worse. Even worse. So, yeah. Fine. It, it, he works it out eventually. Yeah. We we were all there if we had brains and eyes a, a lot earlier. But fine. Um. So he, so runs, he runs, up up to save runs up to save Carla. Runs up to save Carla, who is currently being strangled uh, by this woman. Although Carla manages to push her off, and her, she hits her head against yeah, a wall. tough cookie. Yeah, and then Jonathan comes in, and Carla sort of yeah runs uh, into him, and he holds her. Not before we see uh, another weird silhouette of oh my god, uh, yeah. So this fight that happens between Carla and the Davy Crockett hair woman involves a creeping shadow puppetry yeah right so i don't know uh, uh how many of you out there will remember the uh mets schnapps advert the oh Judder my Man. that's it that's the judder man it's, it's the, the judder man. man it's the silhouette of the judder oh, man bugging me i was like is it a kid's show is it like a it's like a weird silhouette of punch and judy it's beware of the judder it's, man it like. moves the silhouette moves like the judder like a puppet like a marionette like a 2d silhouette marionette puppet that can only move like very limited from the n- knees and elbows it's not the real silhouette of a real person walking interesting it, it, fact it's about the that advert. very successful yeah won a lot of awards mm. then was cancelled because of too many complaints yeah because it was meant to be yeah, people thought it was scary yeah but i think it was like scary to children right mm. but it's a schnapps advert <laughs> so it's going on past nine o'clock yeah who were all the kids who were watching yeah Whatever program uh, that was past the watershed, yeah, that's but true. were more freaked out by the Judderman. By the Judderman advert, yeah, interesting. Beware the Judderman. Just food for thought, just thrown out. That's for free, yeah. guys. That's not even about Jonathan Creek. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's very weird. And then they they come away from this. And where do you go after you've had a bit of a run in and you've nearly been murdered? You go to the theatre with Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, presuming so, that's the same night. Yeah. So no, uh just before that happens, we we do get um the little scene where the woman's been arrested and she's been called into questioning and there's a weird <laughs> she looks the There's a weird bit where the psychologist that's profiling uh her, her the, the 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 scrunchy head yeah. David Crockett woman um yeah kind of gives this weird comedic look to the CCTV camera in the interrogation room. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, the superintendent, you've got Jonathan and Maddie all watching the outside, and she, yep. Maddie, um, Carla rather, uh, she comes in um, and says, you know, oh, it's all very weird, can't get anything, can't get any sense out of her, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason for why she did it, um, it's, yeah, it's very, just can't can't get inside her head at all, just don't, don't really know what's, what's going on, I think she's just, yeah, she's a bit crazy. Um, and uh, the superintendent seems very interested in what she said about the, the murder in the gym. Yeah. Um. And she says, "Oh, yeah, that was the witch. nothing on that one specifically. She just said you'll have to fit it all together." Mm. Um. 
and then they come down jonathan and carla come down the stairs of but did she did she say you'll have to fit it all together or did she say the superintendent will have to fit it all together i don't know i'm pretty sure it was just you'll 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 have to fit it all together because i because she was quoting her but she looked at she said no just just said that you'll have to you'll have to put it all together and look Mm. at the superintendent oh i I was going why does the scrunchy haired woman know that oh i didn't i took it to mean maybe i'm just reading too much into that comment then that's fine i'll let that go Um, i was like that doesn't that's weird yeah um so they're going down the stairs uh of this police station and uh this is when we learn that david rennick just couldn't be bothered to think of a motive for this woman and so then just calls that out just goes oh well and and jonathan right this is bad so jonathan basically is like oh yeah well you know must be a hell for psychologists and police when there's just you know sometimes there's just no motive and sometimes uh yeah. you don't know why why people do things i'm like the the whole existence of this entire television series rests on you not having that opinion yeah, yeah. like how you what <laughs> what you would know the only reason you're the only reason oh. this tv show exists is because you absolutely believe that you can solve anything and there's a motive behind everything no matter how there's always a reason the, the, the premise of this tv show and the existence of the police force <laughs> in civilized western society is is that if something seemingly looks like there's no motive you call in jonathan creek to work it out because there always is one so why is that person whose job that is going oh it's yeah, it's just sometimes there's no motive. No, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. There was also an element of like people are surprised by the idea that women could go around killing people with no motive, but you know they can. I'm like, is this yeah. a weird feminist standpoint that like women can be heartless murderers too? Yeah, I thought that was odd. Like, just um, stop writing, have a break, go like yeah. either feed the bird or stop looking at it. But <laughs> you can't write like this. So then, then uh, he makes a comment about Jonathan. Also says, "Oh, you know, I thought maybe there was something about that gym box, yeah, um, in the hall, uh, but maybe I've been watching too many Prisoner of War films." I don't know. I start going, "What's a gym box got to do with with a like a horse yeah. box got to do with a, a Prisoner of War film?" And I was like, oh, I haven't really seen any Prisoner of War films apart from, like, I don't know, like, Great Escape or... Yeah. yeah. And I was like, is there a horse box in the Great Escape? I think there is, yeah. Is that I've what that's a, a reference yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, I think there might be. Um, are there a lot of Prisoner of War films? Yeah. I, I, I'd say there's quite a lot. Yeah. Know, that was a whole, like, a whole genre. Sub, well, it's a sub-genre of the war film, yeah. For Guys, sure. if you're struggling for an any request, Prisoner of War films from the 20, 20th century. I mean, that's a, there's, there's a lot. Don't, don't give us that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we then, as you quite rightly said, get to the theatre. And uh, Jonathan is uh, backstage and he comes across the, the streaker now, uh, has got delusions of grandeur and is swanning around in a kimono and uh, being very rude to the front of the house yeah. team. So, Makes Jonathan. Sense. Can I get better sandwiches? Yeah. And, yeah. So Jonathan fires him on the spot uh, and physically... He gets a a samurai, he gets a cutlass sword. Yeah. Like an Arabic curly sword. Yeah. And then sticks it between his legs. Yeah. And and goes to chuck him out. And I kept feeling that the scene needed him to be chucked out of a door. Yeah. But they honoured the fact that they were in a theatre at this point. Yeah, so he... (laughs) 
and it's <laughs> actually quite a long way to, to so the sea went on for ages and they had a bit of back and forth and a conversation and I was yeah. like oh I, the one time that he has actually been realistic is it's worse it's worse <laughs> like, maybe we've been wrong all this time because yeah that conversation didn't get us anywhere but eventually he chucks him out the stage door yeah um, and he says oh this is weird so yeah so the streaker says uh, oh you know good luck good luck uh, I was the best part of this show good luck trying to replace me yeah. and Jonathan says uh, I'm sure Jan will set up some auditions tomorrow and points to the stage doorkeeper so now I'm like right wh- why you, you're you're in this industry how how have you how do you not know the basics of how theatre works why do you think David Rennick that the stage doorkeeper is the casting director for this magic show yeah I, I, what i don't know unless because uh, i did think about this i was like is he saying oh i bet because jan smiled and i was like oh i bet he's saying oh i bet jan would love to go and cast a load of nude men so no hang on a minute you're meant to be berating this guy not <laughs> not saying that she'd love to cast yeah, because naked per- you don't like the whole concept. You don't of it. like Not the concept. Just this specific guy. You don't. You think it's tacky. So Jam can't be happy about that. And yeah. Um. So it is a bit bizarre. But he says, yeah, a stripper having a dressing room anyway. That's an oxymoron anyway, isn't it? I'm like, well, it's a paradox because oxymoron yeah. has to be a word. So grammatically, it's wrong. Uh, and then the stripper says, well, a on yourself. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> This conversation has now been going on for three and a half corridors worth, <laughs> and now is continuing on on the West End back. It's a West End backstage door, yeah. which also means we're no longer in the Rose Theatre Kingston anymore. No, because that's not in the West End. No, I'm, I I actually we're back in the Wyndhams or I, somewhere. No, no, no. I believe it is uh, Trafalgar Studios. Oh, really? Because yeah, because I I I, I know I, when I directed you a thing at Traff yeah. Two a few years ago, and I was like. Wait, and I was like, I've been there, and I'm pretty, yeah, pretty sure that's stage door for uh, Traff. How bizarre. Yeah. And, and I'll be a Traff too outside. much longer. No. Um, no. For those of you who are bothered by that, we're turning it into a one large auditorium. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's bizarre that he says epoxy more on yourself, but I think it might have been a callback to him saying paradox, and then also getting involved in Shakespeare, and then giving up halfway through. Oh, it, yeah. I'm not talking about the streaker, I'm talking about David Rennick. Um, <laughs> writing it. Um, but yeah, that happens, um, and and then he comes back into yeah. the theatre, and he's and then and Carla Bray goes there, right? Yeah, Carla. Yeah, comes to the theatre. Carla Bray. So has she there. been there the whole time? I'm not sure. I don't care. Right. She. Um, and then that's this is when we learn that uh, what what happened with Jonathan and Carla. Yeah. And her dad. And he, she says, uh, you know, oh, my, uh, you were so awful to my dad. I mean, I know that he said some, you know, pretty negative stuff about trade unions that night, but you don't have, you know, you didn't have to be so harsh or something like that. And he says, hang on a minute. All I remember saying is that he seemed like a bit of a prickly character. But of course, I did have hiccups at the time. So you yep. might not have heard the second half of the sentence. Then he realizes yep. what the weird thing was about um, Heather saying, "You boss, you'll never get away." Yeah. Uh, and then the next bit is the big reveal of everything, and I've just written, "This is all nonsense." 
why on earth would the police let this happen? Because... Yeah, but just because... before that, though, okay. he says that, right? And I'm starting to... I have my own thoughts about this, which we'll get into. But he interrupts himself by, by having the thought, having yeah. the revelation that it was the second half of... He was the first yeah. half of something. But he interrupts himself turning to the prompt desk. Like, what are you going to do at the prompt desk? The show's not on. Yeah. Definitely, you're not allowed to touch that. <laughs> yeah. The only person who's going to touch that is a DSM. Get away, and it's not on. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do there? There's no logic. Uh, yeah, and then sorry, he has his revelation. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We've both been such theatre geeks in this episode. I've just realised <laughs> about an hour of this episode is just going to be us explaining how theatre works. But uh, I'm, I'm, I am a bit sorry. Yeah, not not that. Not. But then you're right. We go to a live TV. I've written a live TV reveal. We're it's there, a, guys. It's taken us a while, but we're at the reveal. And 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 David Rennick thinks he's... I'm annoyed at him for this because he thinks he's been clever. And right. he hasn't. Because you, I don't know if you spotted this, you get a snippet of an Adrian Edmondson conversation with someone. I don't know who he's talking to on set, but he's talking to someone that it's like feels like they're like a reviewer, but is there during the filming of it. But he basically says, of course, none of this can go out until after the trial. We're all just pre-recording it. Yeah. So I think that's him trying to safeguard what the fact that this is all utter nonsense. But it's just not good enough because that doesn't. That doesn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't allow a television presenter and a magic consultant and a TV crew to accuse yeah. someone of murder before the police would especially if that person was a superintendent of the police force this is a huge deal but that also, he would absolutely be yeah. arrest you would go to the police and the police would go and arrest him so we're arresting you on suspicion of murdering but no 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 he discovers that he's done this and the police do creep in but they're allowing Jonathan and Carla to a, a sort of arrest hit it's so weird but it just yeah, wouldn't happen in a million years you're absolutely right but also i don't think it works if jonathan has already had a meeting with adrian edmondson because mm. he hates the whole what he's described tabloid uh criminology yeah um and how it's kind of like you know f- amateurs having a go in order to titillate the public and inventing things like the daisy chain killer and all this kind of stuff he hates it he hates the whole thing yeah. hates that hates it so at some point he's gone oh i've worked out what it is explained it all and she's gone great we'll have a meeting with adrian my husband and producer will come around we'll have a chat and then they've talked him through the script of how he wants to reveal this and he's gone yeah great and wouldn't it be dramatic if i brought out my blood pressure device here? Yeah. like th- no they've had to plan all of this jonathan wouldn't have gone along with this the only way it works is as if they just grabbed jonathan and said come on follow my lead i'm yeah. going to ask you the questions i want you to reveal and we and and he goes, yeah, all right, uh, and you want to catch it on camera. Okay, reluctantly, he might agree. Yeah. But there's no way Adrian... And it makes it better if Adrian Edmondson doesn't know this is going to happen, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But because of that line, you go, oh, well, I don't buy any of this. Yeah. I don't buy that he would do it. You're absolutely right. No way it would be allowed to happen. But what they do is they manage to tell us all that it was, in fact, Superintendent Ted Pickenpick. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so they're in this Parnovic. Parnovic. So they're in this PE hall at Hawley FE College where Heather was killed. And they point out that the PE hall um, had one single door, which was locked. I'm like, right. Even in 2003, yeah. a PE hall with one single door is definitely a fire definitely hazard. Fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, 
That's, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, basically, Ted Parnovic uh, made up the call about the coonskin capped yeah. person. Uh, because, obviously, as we know now, it wasn't. As well as we knew now, as we knew from the beginning, yeah. from the minute we saw the coonskin cap. Uh, um, and so he... Which is weird, because yeah. actually what we saw... Was was a coonskin cap? Let's not go back there. Let's not go back. It was made to look like a woman's hair. Let's not go back there. And he he uh, essentially uh, orchestrated this whole thing because he was jealous that he he knew that Heather was only using this relationship to to climb the ladder, and he was she was actually having an affair with the cleaner. Yeah. Jonathan clocks a couple of times, and there's really there's a weird. Like about, a, uh, about 20 minutes of the episode is this one shot on <laughs> this cleaner um yeah and uh it's but fine um and so how he's done it is remember the ring that he gave her that we were tricked for some reason to think it was a ring it wasn't a ring it's, 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 it's a ring well it was a necklace got uh, yeah got yeah it was a necklace in a ring box you thought it was a ring uh, weird gold necklace looked right. like one of adam klaus's props from the egyptian phase he went through in series <laughs> one. um yeah so it gives her a necklace um and uh as they're kissing and he she's been a bit horrible to him um uh he kind of gra- pulls the necklace so that's yeah. where the mark comes from is from the necklace and which i says, just don't oh, believe that it would be a no. mark that was imprinted into the neck because it was so faint and stayed, it stayed there for like yeah. hours and no, hours and yeah, hours um, and the way that he killed her is that he had built a a bulletproof vest that essentially inflated yeah. and and crushed her. Yeah. Uh, so she stopped breathing. So because she stopped breathing and because of the mark on her neck, they put it down to strangulation. I wonder why they didn't say anything when the autopsy showed that her entire ribcage would have been crushed, crushed. and that she suffocated. So that. Yeah. Than, again, yeah. again, David Rennick forgetting that autopsies exist. As yeah, they don't exist so often in the world. Of Jonathan Creek, no sort of thing as an autopsy. Fine. Um, uh, yeah. So that they. Yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, he talks about how it was um, linked to. He he remembered that he had a passion for gadgets, and therefore he would have made this gadget yeah. device. It was similar to the one that he had in the desk. Yeah, and and also he obviously did all the stuff with the gun, and he'd created this thing to make the explosion, the gunshots sound yeah. real and th- that was uh, pressing a button yeah. that, so that yeah. thing that jonathan made up earlier this guy doesn't deny it no uh, but he doesn't say anything about it because he's on camera but he eventually says yes all right i did because she was using me yeah to life was a ladder to her and i was just a rung on it yeah um, um and then we get what is possibly the worst sentence in horrendous. all of jonathan creek history and he says well you can always argue can't you which one's more to blame the prostitute or her client <laughs> both i don't think callum and i have ever picked, picked up our notepads and began writing in unison it's quite so much before i mean what what how dare you i mean that's just so offensive um, oh my god i mean and we know that he's not a nice guy and i think david rennick is trying to paint him as a night is a nasty guy I yeah but, but but it doesn't feel like rennick saying the the, that this guy's a nasty guy and this is yeah. what he's in this moment it feels like he's saying that maybe 
that's why prostitutes get murdered and yeah, this I mean, person I think the answer to was is, using sex and therefore I to get the, what she wanted. I think the answer to his question is uh, let's not demonise sex work. I yeah, that's absolutely. Like, Maybe. Absolutely. For God's Horrendous. sake. Horrendous. Um, now there's one thing that, there are two things. One thing that you liked um, was that Jonathan Creek said, ah, oh, it reminded me um, mm. of a blood pressure device that I had at home. And I went, why does he have a blood pressure device at yeah. home? He's like not even 40. It was long-term storytelling ladies and gentlemen this is very rare jonathan creek but if we go all the way back to season one episode six the house of monkeys remember jonathan has goes to the doctor goes to see old um uh annette crosby yeah and she uh says that he's got high blood pressure and he has to wear that heart monitor yeah, and it causes him to check yeah. his heart rate during sex. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, when he pulled out, I immediately remembered back to that and thought... Continuity. Continuity. It's the first time it's ever happened. Fantastic. So that was a good bit. So, yeah, I mean, lots of questions. Why does he confess on camera? Um, why is it not going to be used until after the court case? Well, that doesn't make it okay. It still shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Uh, why isn't he immediately carted out? The other explanation is that they found blood on there on on the flak jacket that didn't belong to her. Yeah. So they knew it didn't belong to her, but they didn't test who, like who it did belong to. They work out that actually he was wearing the flak jacket and swapped it because obviously the one she was wearing was modified. So they swapped yeah. them over. Well, <laughs> they're not going to be the same size. No. So he wouldn't be able to wear a woman, yeah. like a flak jacket that sh- that she would have been able to wear. But also, why was he shaving in a flak yeah, jacket? Yeah, why no, does he keep his flak jacket at home? Oh, I'll get, oh, just put my... Just have a little shave in my flak jacket. Because the only reason that <laughs> she was wearing a flak jacket was because of the previous th- setup that he'd invented. Yeah. It was gunfire was because good. police yeah. don't wear flak jackets no. unless there's a threat of a gun. Yeah. So he wouldn't have been shaving in a flak jacket. It wouldn't no. have happened. No. The other thing is, you'll never get away... And then we realised that it was the first half of you'll never get away with this. Yeah. What does that... How does that mean that she wasn't talking to the murderer still? Like, she wasn't talking to the person who they yeah. thought was strangling her. It doesn't It doesn't tell us anything new. No. You'll never get away. You'll never get away from this. Could have been the line. Could have yeah. been both. Doesn't yeah. change Doesn't change anything. So no. I don't know why. Although you're, you're right in pointing out earlier that it's nice that something between... Jonathan and you know his personal life yeah. has triggered a way of solving a crime that is nice. Yeah, it, it bollocks, but it is nice. Yeah, trope. because it well yeah because I like because it tied up two things. It tied up the, the episode long uh, storyline of why what what Jonathan said to Carla's dad why yeah. there's this tension between them, and through him explaining what happened with that was the thing that also triggered the answer to something else. So I just thought that was. Structurally, that was okay, and there were like there are a lot of good structural yeah. points about this episode, but it doesn't really redeem a lot of what we talked about in the reveal. And yeah. what about is about to happen in the denouement just throws away anything positive I, we've said. I, I, <laughs> I so, down. I, um, right. So, so what happens? Oh God! So it's the funeral. Of the, do you remember at the beginning? Do you remember at the beginning of the episode that we were in a restaurant that was a Chinese Italian restaurant who was having lobster with pasta in the middle of it? Yeah, it's about and, it was about five and a half years ago. Oh yeah, and there was a woman there who was really excited about going to Stringfellows because she loves yeah. strip bars. Yeah, do you remember uh, she died, didn't she? She died. She died. And no one cared um, at all. Uh, uh, and now 
it's her funeral and of course as you can imagine the person giving the eulogy is a person why adam effin klaus why why would he be the he why would he be there why Why? i mean maybe he might go if you were the 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 last last person To see someone like, but, but then by Brian Ferry, gonna Brian be there? Ferry yeah. she was picking his nose for a good half the night. I mean, what on earth? Why is he giving the eulogy? And she wasn't even a fan because she was like, "Oh, first prize was a tumble dryer." Like it's it's framed yeah. as if she's not that bothered. So it's not as even if that would have meant anything to her. He was more ex- excited by the titty bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I've ever said titty bar. <laughs> Certainly not on air before. Um, Peter Stringfellow should have been given the. I mean, I mean, he would have he would have done a guest part. Yeah, he would have, he's shown up for a bloody opening of an envelope. <laughs> Let alone a Jonathan Creek episode. Is but he yeah. dead now? I don't know. Actually, no. I think he's alive. I think he might be dead. I think Peter Stringfellow is dead. Maybe. He no, is. he is. He is dead. He is dead. Okay, check it before you. Right. I'm sure of it, guys. Let us know. And let if us he is, know. Sorry. Well, we can we can Google it. Okay. But if it isn't true, we're sorry his family listened to this they're not anyway so Adam Klaus gives the eulogy which is bizarre yeah. enough and he makes Jonathan go there right because he says this matter about the strip it doesn't concern you but you have to come to this funeral tomorrow yeah. so, so there's no, absolutely no reason for him to be there there's also no reason for the stripper to be allowed in but the, stri- the streaker the streaker. But the streaker turns up and streaks the funeral yeah. of this woman yeah. who has nothing to do with any of them <laughs> in an attempt to embarrass Adam Klaus <laughs> Because Jonathan Creek yeah, fired him. I mean, there's why? so many. Yeah, it's it's it is. Oh God, it, it's what an awful, so what an awful thing to do to bad. this fictional character. Yeah, like they killed her off <laughs> and made sure no one cared about her. Made sure no one cared about her, and then had a streaker. Yeah, at her funeral, and made a magician who she doesn't like that much give her give a eulogy. It's so weird, and made comic references to her weight. It's so weird. Yeah, I. What an awful, horrible way to end, uh, end the episode. Um, Do you know what? Yeah, I think this might be the worst episode. It's got the most amount of holes in it, but you're right. There is progress, structural progress. Yeah. Here. So this is what. So so I said to Callum just for about for record. I said, Do you know what? I think it. I feel like the structure is getting better. But the content's getting worse. Yeah, yeah like you're right. Like, like the sort of pacing and the kind of tightness and the sort of making sense of, uh, structurally, of like where where in the episode the reveal comes, where yeah. in the episode this thing happens, where the inciting incident, like all that stuff, feels like it's hitting the right places now. Yeah. But what you actually put in that is is dog mess absolutely it's this this one is terrible i can't believe that the picture of the woman's hair this is this is, is mad is meant to be this is mad has to be has to be actually the silhouette of a coonskin cap that looks like a woman's hair which makes him realize that it in fact might have been a woman's hair it's like yeah. she's not the murderer is she no she's the mur- she, she does have a go at Carla Borrego yeah. for some reason yeah. I don't think she's got anything to do with the other no cars. I don't think she does I don't think she does at all um fine that's it that's the coonskin cap yeah. episode that's the coonskin cap episode we've kicked episode. off season 4 yeah we Lovely. have I think uh, I, I might be wrong but I believe that the next episode is the one with Jack D 
Oh yeah, he plays like a writer, like a musical theatre uh, writer. Is he a musical? He's a he's, he's a, he's a, a composer, pianist, yeah. composer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Interesting. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a fun one, and again, it's like a really low stakes one. It's a bit like Time Waits for Norman, if mm. I remember. It's like it's like no one dies. Like it's it's a really like really really low stakes, and you'll kind of go, oh okay. Um, yeah, it's like a framed, a staged, and crime. Emma Thompson's sister, Sophie Thompson. Oh um, yeah, she, yeah. They, they do look and... a bit like. It. Yes, yeah. yeah Full wedding. Um, She's great. So, yeah. Full wedding. Um, so yeah, so that'll be uh, this time next week. Uh, and uh, we will also have another any requests Patreon requested podcast for you coming out this Thursday. This Thursday we are looking at uh, season two, episode thirteen of Moonlighting. Yeah, I'm um, looking forward to this. Yeah, which I I watched bits and pieces of. I think it used to be on like the Paramount Comedy Channel on Sky about 15 years ago. But quite a young Bruce Willis. Very young Bruce Willis. Um, yeah, uh, and Sybil Shepherd. Um, uh, and it's kind of yeah like the archetype of the sort of romance detective series that a lot yeah. of a lot of series not jonathan creek owing a lot to moonlighting so so really x files yeah a little bit you know yeah no absolutely um so that whole will, will they won't they thing uh very much um yeah huge moonlighting huge influence on those shows so that should be good good fun um and of course you can still donate as always every week we do put the link at the bottom of the description so if you do have a spare five pounds a month and you want us to do a podcast on literally anything do it on coonskin caps if you want give us a fiver uh and uh okay not the episode again we're not doing that again no 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 literally we'll do it on you know davy crockett and all those people test out how similar they are to hair scrunchies absolutely do you know in primary school someone well the kids at primary school used to call me davy crockery because your name's david yeah and they went davy 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 crockett davy crockery it's one too far, isn't it? It is one too far. Because that's not a reference. It doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in the meantime, on that bombshell, uh, you can find us uh, uh, on uh, Twitter at Macabre Podcaster. You can get in touch via email at podcastermacabre at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, fb.me forward slash podcastermacabre. And of course, you can like, share, subscribe, and listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, I just want to say we do love people getting in touch. Someone got in touch this week just to let us know how disappointed they were that it was actually an entire episode of Jonathan Creek yeah. uh, analysis and nothing else and, and, and nothing else. So, so um, it's yeah. great. I mean, you know, hey, it's a niche market. I think it's uh, what our response was. We do what we say on the tent. Exactly. Uh, so have a great week, guys. Um, remember, uh, stay, stay home. Stay home, even though it says stay alert. Stay at home. Wait until we've had some more concrete. Uh, news because the, it's a bit vague. The briefing is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yes, so um, do uh, your best. Keep up the good work uh, and enjoy the week ahead. We will speak to you on the next podcast. Uh, as for now, I've been David and I've been Callum, and this has been Broadcaster Macabre. See you later. Bye. Bye.